we open in worship. So thankful this morning that we serve the God who turns graves into gardens. Well, I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures that fade, are never enough. Then you came along to put me back together.
turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bowls into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only Is that on? There we go. What's up? What's up? Sunset Hills, you look great. You look great. What a great song to open up our time of public worship together because that song speaks of transformation. Like that's the, that's the work of the gospel in its full effect. And, and there's been many of you in this room that can say, I've been changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why Sunset Hills exists, is to elevate the the name and the nature and the power of the gospel of Christ. And so we're very excited to be able to come and gather and worship and give our praise and our time and our, give our talents and our testimonies and our treasures because Jesus is, is enough for it. So thanks for coming. If you're new with us, if you've been coming and you've been a little new with us for a few weeks or whatnot, text hi to us at that number. We'd love to just connect with you that way. Also, you can come and see me. My name's Eric, one of the pastors here. Come see me at the Connect table at the end of service. I'd love to get a little information on you. We got some stuff to give you, be able to point you to some ministries, answer some questions for you, um, but we're super glad that you're here with us. And how are you feeling about just continuing to sing? You good with that? Yeah? Well, let me help lead you into that with this psalm, okay? Because the psalm helps direct us into an attitude and a posture of continuous praise and worship. And the psalmist here, he says in Psalm 95, he says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. He says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God. He's a great God. Are you be able to sing that? He's a great God. He's a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his. He made it. He has formed the dry land. Oh, come let us worship and let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God and our maker. For he is our God. And we, we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, today, if you hear his voice, if you hear God's voice this morning in worship, in the preaching of his word, the scriptures would say, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Yield to him, for there's nothing better than the praise of God.
Lord, as we approach your throne this morning, God, Lord, I'm so grateful today that that we are more than enough because you are enough, God. You are more than enough. God, I'm so thankful that even though that our sins make us appear like dirty rags, Lord, that you valued us so much that you gave your one and only son so that we could have hope for eternity. Lord, today, let this time of spoken word, God, be an encouragement of God, what you have done, what you're able to do, Lord. Lord, if there's one here today that needs to make a decision for eternity, Lord, let today be their day. We love you, Lord. Again, we're so grateful for this opportunity and time to just be able to lift your name up and worship you. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You're looking good this morning, and you're sounding even better. Thank you so much for singing out this morning and being a part of the worship as those guys are heading out to Children's Church, right? Many years ago, there was a man who was a member of our church, and some folks have been around a while will remember this guy. His name was Charlie Brooks. This is a picture of him. I, I cannot tell you much about this man's life, but there are a few things that stand out to me that I remember. First, he was an older man, as you can see here in this picture. Uh, by the time that I got to know him, he, he was quiet most of the time. Uh, and he seems to always have this really broad, easy smile, as you see in the picture here. I mean, when you saw him, he just had a calming effect on people that were around him. Kind and gentle man. And when you would come in, he, he would go to Sunday school, but then when he would come into the worship hour... He would sit on what we had at the time, some pews at the back of this sanctuary. He would always be back there on that seat, and he would have a stack of offering plates sitting right beside him. And there was good reason for that, because he was the chairman of ushers. I'm not sure if that was an elected position or self-appointed, but he was the guy who organized everybody to make sure that we were getting the tithes and offerings for that Sunday. He would come to church, typically dressed very sharply in a suit and tie. And on his, on his lapel he had, he proudly wore what was known then, and is still known today, we just don't practice it that much, at Sunday school attendance, uh, pins and bars. Here's a picture of what that may look like. Does anybody remember these? Yeah, if, if you've been around for a while, they, you, know, you probably have to be more than about... 50 or so, I don't know, to, to remember them. But, but they were uh, given to you a, a different pen, like a bar was given to you when, if you um, came to church every week for the whole year. 
Like you missed a whole, you didn't miss any Sundays the whole year. And so you would have these bars given to you on a particular Sunday. And everybody in the church, they would be recognized. And, and people would come up and they would get their bar. And Mr. Charlie had a breast full of them. I mean, it's something like 40. I mean, when you saw him coming in, they would be hanging off of his lapel, hanging really low. And it was kind of always interesting to see him come into the church because there would always be this little jingle that would come with the, the lapel, the, the bars that he was wearing. I, I love seeing that. Now, it was not that he was coming to Sunday school just to get the next bar. He wanted to be there. He was proud of the status that the Lord had given him good health, that he could attain one more year, a year of not missing Sunday school, and be there. And whenever I saw him, I was always a little bit jealous of him. Because as kids, I mean, when we were growing up, it was always this deal, when you're the preacher's kid, you have to be at church. We seldom, in fact, up until I was in my adult years, I can count less than three times that I ever missed church on a Sunday morning. We just had to be there. And so I would have, I would get my pen every, every year, and I had quite a few pens, but I would always look at Mr. Charlie and I would say, man, another one for him? Doggone it, I'll never catch him. You know, but it was kind of this deal of him. He was so proud. A very faithful man in attendance to Sunday school and church. Probably the most faithful man that I've ever met, known of in my whole life. Certainly the most decorated. You can see why he was the one that we trusted to handle the money with the offering plates. He was faithful. What do you think of when you think of the word faithfulness? Does a particular person come to mind or someone may have popped into your thought process when I ask you about that? Or was it someone that might have been unfaithful to you? Because there's two sides to that. Was it a thing that reminded you of your faithfulness? Or did you think of God as being one who is faithful? The Bible speaks over and over about the faithfulness of God. It's one of the most often mentioned attributes of who He is. Take, for instance, Deuteronomy 32.4, He is my rock. His works are perfect, and all His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright, and just is He. Or Psalm 89, 1 through 2, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth. I will make your what? Your faithfulness known through all generations. It goes on, I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That's what faithfulness is about, standing firm, that you have established your faithfulness, not here, because there seems to be anything else but faithfulness among people. But God has established his faithfulness in heaven where he dwells. Now just stop for a moment and let this the gravity 
of what and who God is sink into your mind a moment. God is faithful. It's not something that God does. It's not something that He just displays toward you. Faithful is who He is. Even if he wanted to, and he doesn't, he cannot stop being faithful to me and to you because that's his nature. It's his, if he has DNA, that's his makeup. God is not faithful just because he wants to be. He is faithful because he has to be. As I look back over the years of our church, this has certainly been our testimony to be able to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Isaiah 25, 1 says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness. You have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Hang with me as we take a journey back in time. 20 years ago, on this last Sunday in August, I woke up thinking that that was going to be just like any other Sunday. We would get our kids up. By that time, I mean, we... we we were living a little ways from the church, and there was always this, all right, it's time to get up and go to church, and then you have teenagers. You know how that goes, parents, right? We would get, I would leave early because I was supposed to be at church earlier than because I was on staff, and the rest of them would come as they get there in time for Sunday school. I thought it was going to be a typical type of Sunday morning. It seemed that way at least for a few hours. Little did I know that because of the events that would happen near the close of the worship service, my life and the lives of others would dramatically change. And my journey to become pastor of our church would begin. I'm talking about the day that my dad suffered a major brain aneurysm. And that would lead to his death five days later. That particular day, the Sunday before, he passed away on a Friday. Those two days, and I'm not sure which is which, but I think probably the Sunday before was the hardest day of my life. And not only was it hard for me and my family, but for our church family, as they would experience all of that, him preaching and having that aneurysm during the worship service, and they saw it unfold before him, before them. If you've ever experienced an unexpected death, you certainly understand the shock and bewilderment it brings into your life without warning. The death of a loved one affects all of us. And when it's the death of a pastor, 
It hits a congregation a little differently than usual, especially when that pastor has shepherded his flock as long as dad had for 31 years. We were all affected by it. But as we were, the Durhams were loved as we walked hand in hand with our church family, literally through the valley of the shadow of death. Together we grieved, and we faced the future without our long-tenured pastor. Four weeks later, I stepped behind the pulpit and preached a sermon to give us some direction of the days ahead. That first week turned into two, and then three, and then a month, and another, five more until they chose to call me as an interim. I had much to learn. And the church was very patient, giving me time to adjust to my new role. There was no pressure being put on me because I wasn't theologically or seminary trained had no, virtually no preaching experience at the time, let alone ever pastored a church before. But they placed their trust in me. It wasn't that I was starting out fresh with no history of service with our church. They'd watched me lead Radnor Baptist Academy for 17 years. Going back even further than that, many had seen me grow up in our church since my sophomore year in high school when my dad came to pastor our church. And the church allowed me during my college years to be in charge of what was known as the before and after school care program that we started, probably one of the first places that ever had a before and after school care for children and worked in their summer day camp. I did that all through my years of college. And then when Lynn and I decided to get married, many came to our wedding. Some of you were there that hot August day in 1983. And the church celebrated with us through the years as God blessed our family with three children. So I was no stranger to the people who for years allowed me, for two years earlier, had allowed me to serve as their interim pastor. For those two years, it gave us time to grieve together, move from what we had witnessed on that August Sunday morning and turned our sights toward the future. Of course, there were bumps in the road and we faced them together. The Psalm I quoted from earlier tells us that even though we walk through dark valleys, that God is with us, and He walks with us, and He promises that we do not ever have to go through a dark valley by ourselves. He is with us. And it was in that dark valley God was preparing me and our people to discover what was next in the life of our church. His orchestrated plans begin to unfold 
And it became clear that I would become the next pastor to lead Radnor Baptist Church. Certainly, just a few years earlier, I had never expected that that would be the case. In fact, I didn't want to be. Because my dad came in one day and he says, he's thinking about what comes next. He said, would you ever want to be the pastor of this church? And I, no way! I heard his feelings that day. But God had other plans. He often does. He works that way. He knows the future. He knows what it takes to nudge us toward discovery of what is to come. And he lays out a road, a preparation to get us ready. And he's constantly orchestrating people and circumstances and events, giving us an opportunity to know and carry out his plan. And this is one of the greatest lessons that I have learned in my personal walk with God over these 20 years and in leading our church. And God said he would be faithful to me. I want you to know, he has never let me down. Even when I have failed him, he has never failed me. He's taught me many lessons. He's tested my faith. All with intentions of preparing me to surrender, to, to, to surrender my will so that I could trust and live in the person of God and what God was doing in and through me. As I said in my sermon a few weeks ago, as we endure trials in the course of our Christian lives, we develop a kind of perseverance and a steadfastness that better equips us for the future trials that we're going to experience. Let me tell you, that, those weren't just words of spiritual platitude. These are words that represent true trials and success for me personally and for our church. So when our church called me in 2005, I considered it an honor to serve in my new position as senior pastor. To say I was humbled would be an understatement, but I was also scared to death. Quite honestly, I was fighting feelings of inadequacy, of reluctance, knowing that I would be stepping in and trying to lead a church that had been in decline for several years and was in, an, in a neighborhood experiencing rapid transition. But if the church was willing to take a chance on me, then I needed to seek God diligently and follow His plan. So on August 21st, 2005... Radnor Baptist Church called me to become the 11th pastor in our 81-year church history. 
And to beat all, I was following two of those 11 pastors that had served consecutively for 56 years. R.W. Lashbrook for 25. And my dad, Paul Durham, for 31. In reality, though, my journey to become pastor started long before the passing of my dad. The Bible says before I was knit together in my mother's womb, God already had a plan for me. He has one for you. He has one for all of us. He has one for our church. This week, as I looked back over my trial sermon, can you imagine they made me do a trial sermon? And what I said those 18 years ago is as true now as it was then. God is in control. He was that day. He was on the day before those days, and he's been in control ever since. And he's in control today, and he'll be in control tomorrow. For when we trust in him, when we lean into him, when we seek to discover, something really beautiful begins to happen. We see his hand at work. All these years later, we've had the privilege and joy of being able to look back as a family of God and see his faithfulness. As I look back over this time, one thing I can certainly see has been God's faithfulness to his people as we've traveled this road. He has proven himself faithful, get this, throughout our 98-plus year history. Did you know we're going to be 98, 99 years old in December? He has proven himself faithful through all of these years. There are no surprises with God. He knew that in year four of my tenure, we would be facing yet another hard time in the life of our church. The closing of our school and the selling of what had been our home for 56 years, moving from the community that we had called home for 83 years. And while it came to a surprise to us, it was no surprise to him, evidenced by the fact that we were able to sell our church building that you don't do in today's time in less than six weeks. It's God's hand. God knew of the need. And he already had a buyer in mind. Once again, using people to orchestrate his plan. It was up to the Radnor people to believe him, to trust in his plan, and lean into his faithfulness as we turn the page on a new chapter in the life of our church. And we move forward in unity. I was faithful to step into his leadership onto a path of uncertainty. 
now a body of believers without a permanent location, we, would be, we began what would become our, our wilderness journey, renting space from local schools willing to allow us to use the facilities on Sunday. And the journey would lead us to three different locations, Oliver Middle School first, and then to the new Nolensville Elementary School, and eventually to the old historic Nolensville School. Each setting having their unique opportunities and challenges that would require countless hours of setup and tear down week after week after week that stretched into eight years and four months. The staffs of these venues welcomed us with open arms and made us feel comfortable in our temporary homes. And God was faithful to what we were doing. And we got the blessing of seeing new people come into our church family. And we made new friends. And then God opened up another door of opportunity when the people of the Greystone Church made a way for us to purchase this very property and eventually build this building we find ourselves in. This was no accident. And God had been orchestrating and working out the details in a people who many years ago had a vision to have an impact upon the Nolensville community for the, fact of, for the purpose of sharing Jesus. And they were faithful. And what a sweet, gracious, and loving people they were then and still are today. And many of them are here who really gifted us this place and allowed us to join in their vision. And we're grateful that so many of them became a part of our church family. We saw how God worked out the details of land purchases, sewer and building construction, as recently as our brand new parking lot used for the very first time in a finished state today. God has been faithful in his provision of needs of our church to carry out his work. We've seen God, how God has brought new people into this church family, enjoying the friendly welcome that exists here at Sunset Hills like no other church. Watched as many started their life, new life with him, walked through baptismal waters and been disciplined in his word. We praise God for the provision of his salvation in the lives, and we celebrate their adoption into the family of God. And when we faced real church life, real life church issues that have been hard, caused much consternation in our journey, the family of God faced them together with a strong and guiding sense of unity 
that remains a core value of who we are today. We are a church of unity, and we have worked hard through the years to protect the mandate that God instructs through various scriptures for a church to be in unity. Paul writes about it. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And when we disagreed, which we seldom did, we worked to find solutions together, enabling us to continue our work, our worship, our call as a church. Make no mistake, this is God at work. We wrapped our, hand, our arms around husbands and wives and sons and daughters and moms and dads, loving on them as they personally walked through the journey of the shadow of death. And I could go on and on and on citing examples both corporately and individually, as to how God has shown his faithfulness to his church and to me personally. God is faithful. And I'm reminded of the beautiful old hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, New mercies I see. All, all I've needed. God, your hand, your hand has provided. That comes based from the Old Testament scripture of Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His word is true, and it always will be. And now it's time to trust him again. Today, I'm announcing my intentions to retire as pastor of Sunset Hills Baptist Church and to make way for a new pastor to lead our church. It is out of my deepest desire that comes from a great love for our church to see us truly achieve what God has called us to do in this community. And it's come time for a new pastor to step into this calling and lead our church into the next chapter. I want you to know that I do this on my own accord. It's my decision, no one is placing any pressure on me whatsoever. And it's not because of any health issues. Several months ago, I informed our deacon body of my retirement intentions. We have spent many hours talking about it and praying for him to reveal 
what will be the next steps for our church. And I have complete confidence, as I have had all through the years, in these men who have led us so faithfully. Truly a great group of dedicated men who love our church and have been diligent to seek God's will in all of our endeavors. And while no exact date has been set for when I will finish as your pastor, it is my desire to be in a retired status, status in the near future. Today's announcement is giving the church the opportunity to look into that future and to discover what God's plan is. Now, I hope what I'm about to tell you will bring some peace in the news you've just heard. Lynn and I do not plan to leave our church even after I'm fully retired. And until we have selected our next pastor, I will continue to work diligently to carry out the duties you assigned to me to do when I was first called. This is our church home. I want to be here to show my support for what comes next and ensure a smooth transition when the time comes. I truly love this church, you as a people. I gather often with other pastors, and I hear them complain about their people and their churches. I just kind of sit back thinking, boy, am I blessed. For you have, I don't think there's been another pastor anywhere that's received a greater blessing of serving a congregation and have had the kind of support that I've had, that our family has had all these years. You are my family. For 51 years now, this has been my church home. As I shared our journey earlier, there have been many people still here who were around back in those early days of Dad's ministry. There are a bunch of them that have been around much longer than that. They're all getting pretty old by now just like me. But it's been truly a blessing to serve a multi-generational church that has multi-generations who have been in this church for years and their families continue to come. And I truly value and appreciate the lifelong relationships that I have with so many. And those of you that are new and more recent, I've tried to take each of my pastoral responsibilities seriously, especially my preparation of sermons for Sundays to make them biblical, practical, and based in 
the truth of God's Word. And as your pastor, you've allowed me to be a part of some of your most vulnerable, some of your most precious, and your most tender moments in life. And I truly appreciate that. My announcement does not come as a surprise to our deacon body, and quite possibly the only thing that may surprise some of you is the timing of it, not the announcement itself. Knowing this day would be coming for the past few years, I've worked to position our church to be the, in the strongest position possible for when I shared my plans. COVID and heart surgery last year tried to its best to interrupt what we've tried to do these past few years. But once again, God was faithful. And he's been faithful to position our church to be a healthy church in so many ways. We have a very strong and capable leadership team and our deacons and staff. We're located in one of the fastest growing communities in our state and nation. Our building, buildings are modern and well cared for and our property has room for growth. We're financially sound and our giving meets our current needs. Our debt is manageable with a low interest loan. As I said earlier, we have one of the friendliest congregations around for when we say loving people because of a loving God, we mean it. I believe God is perfectly orchestrating people, circumstances, events, giving us an opportunity to know and carry out His plan once again. It's now up to us to trust, to lean into Him, to seek to discover, and to see His hand at work. Deuteronomy 7, 9 tells us this. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. I know this has not been the typical Sunday morning sermon that you get from me. I get it. I understand it. But ultimately, it's really not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. It's about each of us having a greater relationship with Christ. What's important is your relationship with Him. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a change of a new chapter in your life and you're wondering if you can walk that journey. 
I can tell you from personal experience, and I can tell you from this church's experience, that God is faithful, and He will be faithful to you. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you. to thank you for being a faithful God to us. To loving us when we aren't lovable. To love us so much that you were willing to send your son Jesus Christ so that we could have that relationship with you. And because we have that relationship with you, we can rest assured in knowing of your faithfulness to us individually and as a church. So, Father, I pray that somehow in this unusual sermon that someone who might be struggling today who may not know that you are faithful yet, that, that they've got doubts. I'm trying to figure out what is the next step. That that stepping into the unknown starts with that relationship with you. And once that's established, how you walk. will walk with this person. You infuse them with the Holy Spirit. Begin to teach them new things that will assure them of your presence. And Father, I pray for our church. I pray that we will be able to celebrate, that we'll be able to look back and see how you have been faithful and you will continue to be because you've got a purpose for us in this community to continue to impact and try to invite people to come to know Jesus Christ. And that we'll step into that future with the assurance of knowing you've got it all, all the details already worked out, plans are being made, you know what comes next. And we'll trust that. Lean into that plan and discover what you would have us to do. And as in times past, Father, I pray that we'll be it. We're able to look into it and do it as a church of unity. Because we have a witness in this community to uphold by being your people. Let us hold firm to those things that you've called us to do 
to show people that there is a difference when we belong to you and how we love and live with each other. Father, if there's someone here today in this time of invitation that needs to spend some time with you or one of the pastors, that you'll find them obedient and come and do, lead, give them the courage to do what is necessary. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. May stand, please. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say It is well, it is well with my soul It is well, it is well with my soul
Thank you that you can bring peace into situations where we really can't understand why. But it's your Spirit who gives us strength, who gives us the calm assurance that all can be well within our souls. We're grateful, Father, as your people. In Christ's name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Be seated a moment, please. I'm not quite done. I mean that literally. As well as the next several months. But I want to call your attention to something, an opportunity. I'm inviting you back this afternoon for at 5 o'clock to your presentation of an opportunity for the possible future for our church to take. I understand that's short notice and on the heels of a huge announcement. I wanted to give you time to process what you heard this morning, but at the same time, I don't want to delay, we, and this is coming from me as well as our deacon body, we don't want to delay in sharing an opportunity that's available, and I don't want to tell you what it is until this evening. If you're unable to come back, we will be recording what is shared in that 5 o'clock session and we will send out a link following the meeting this evening through Realm so that you can take a look and you can watch. It's a very important meeting, and if there's any way possible that you can come back, I encourage you to do so. It's not a business meeting. It's more of an information meeting. Again, it's an opportunity that we have before us, and it requires us to begin uh, to take a look at this operation, this this uh, opportunity, to see what's next. We want to do it today because next weekend is Labor Day weekend, and to try to pull people back in on a Sunday evening of Labor Day weekend is not a good thing to try to do. So we're doing this today. I want you to know also that I will be here Wednesday, this coming Wednesday at 6.30. And if you have any, after you hear the presentation tonight, if you have any questions, you want to come and discuss it, I will be here on Wednesday. We'll also have some time this evening for some questions, and I'll tell you. We may not know the answers to, your, to all of your questions at that time, but... We'll do our best to try to be very straightforward and tell you that. Whenever we have faced a situation like we are in now, what I think of being my hallmarks is to try to be very transparent with you, very straightforward. And that's not just where I'm coming from. That is our deacon body as we have led this church faithfully over the past many, many years in so that is our intent, and we want to share that with you this evening, okay? So please, if you can, come back this afternoon. If you're unable to be here, watch the video when it comes out, 
And then if you would like to come and share some more on Wednesday evening at 6.30, please feel free to do so. I am done for right now. I love you. Appreciate that uh, response, an appropriate response there. Uh, our ladies are going to be uh, meeting this coming Saturday, Saturday morning, 8.30 to 9.30. But first, Jesus. Uh, come for some coffee conversation and a whole lot of Jesus. Uh, also, there are two new studies that uh, we're signing up for right now in ladies' ministry. Um, the Wisdom of God and Fight Back with Joy. And if you have questions about those, you'd love to sign up today. Uh, please feel free to sign up in the foyer. Um, also, the women's fall retreat uh, registration, and uh, you can pay there at the table. A lot of going, a lot of things going on with the women's ministry. There's something for everyone uh, that's a lady there to plug into. So, uh, see Lynn after service in the foyer. She'd be glad to give you any information you have there. Um, while Eric is making his way up, our students are going to be going to uh, Julie and. And, and Tracy's house, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna be heading to their house for a pool party today. It's gonna be a good time. And uh, so uh, I hope I remember how to get there. So uh, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> yeah, I will, thank you. Hey, there's a few things, as I mentioned earlier, that if you're new or newer with us, please just come and introduce yourself uh, to me out in the lobby. We'd love to just say hello to you, get some information. In addition, we have things like this, a cultural encounter coming up. It's in September. It's the 16th, I believe. It's in your bulletin. And what the cultural encounter is, is a way for you and your family. I would really recommend students, uh, high school, junior high, college students especially, take this time and come and join me with Salt Next Gen Ministries to go into the city of Nashville and let them help us see that the nations are here in the greater Nashville area. I mean, it, you just look out and you'll see we have so many people groups around us that need to hear the proclaimed gospel of Jesus Christ. And how does our church come to fulfill the Great Commission by doing that? Some of that just comes through way of training ourselves to be able to understand how we engage a culture. That's not just changing, but that's here, and that's a part of us and a fiber of our culture and community here. So please join us on that. Also, the discipleship groups, we know as D groups, they're going to be joining or starting uh, in the first, or about the middle of September. If you want information about those and what those mean, they're just basically groups of three to five, either women or men, or young adults being able to come together on a weekly basis 
for coffee or breakfast or a meal, encouragement, scripture, praying together, building relationships of accountability. So that's what D groups are. And then finally, we have a missions journey that I'll tell you more about in weeks to come out to Rogersville, Tennessee. Excited for that. I already have one of our life groups that are just on board with that full tilt or Friday friends. They're just excited about being able to help donate to those, but ways to be able to serve and join at that at the end of the year. So Otherwise, would you guys just do me a favor? Would you stand up? Would you stand up with me? And uh, we have one more announcement. Men, oh, that's right. The men's Bible study, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Danny? 7 o'clock, right here. Be prepared to eat, right? 5.45, come and eat, hang out, get to know the guys if you're new with us or want to just grab a meal and then we kick off with some men's studies seven o'clock right here on the campus so excited for that to kick off as well listen as you've heard today it's not just a transition it's a celebration of faithfulness and we will get the chance over the course of months to be able to celebrate celebrate pastor steve's tenure and that's what we want to be about we want to be able to celebrate the goodness of god and the faithfulness of god and a person uh, of Steve Durham and his family and the legacy that they've been able to provide this church. And so there's going to be opportunities as uh, the, the deacon body and the staff are going to be planning some of those opportunities, those road marks to be able to celebrate more. But I would recommend that you would try to come if you can at five o'clock tonight back here to hear from Pastor Steve and our leadership team about what are some opportunities on the horizon. And I would ask that if you aren't on Realm, Steve kind of said, uh, the link to that is going to be on Realm. And now I'm going to dog you for a second. Get on Realm and let me help you get on Realm, okay? So it's a great way to be able to connect in that way. So let me pray us out of here, and you guys have a good afternoon. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's right. Hey, Alvin, Alvin says it best, and he's up here praying. We have a great group of people who pray on Wednesday morning, faithfully loving to pray for needs and uh, go out and pray. We do prayer walking in the neighborhoods and stuff like that. So join us Wednesday morning if you've got a margin of time from 10.30 to 11.30. It's great time. Um, and we'll be able to just announce more things. So a lot of great things still coming up, right? You good? You good? All right, let's pray us out. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness over just, just the, the seasons of life that you've given to this church, but also to just its people. Thank you for the faithfulness of Pastor Steve. Thank you for the faithfulness of his family and the legacy of ministry that's in the Durham household. Thank you, Lord, that it can be a witness and a testimony that reverberates throughout culture, time, and space, that we would be able to just celebrate that. Lord, we thank you for what is going to happen ahead and what you'll be able to control and be able to uh, know about what we should be able to lean into in prayer. And just we love you, we thank you, we know that you have great things ahead for us as a church, and we look forward to just walking in that in faith because you're the God of faith for us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Have a great Hi, good morning. morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. 
let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.